A career like no other, a job that's always asking questions. Joining the police. The Careers Podcast, with the information you need to take the next step. Here we are then, welcome to the latest episode of the podcast. Nick, this is an area that we've been, uh, I guess, looking to cover for a while. And I can, I can finally say, I had my police interview. <laughs> yes, and you were allowed to walk out a free man at the end of I it. I know. Fantastic. Isn't it incredible? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was uh, good, good to come out with a clean slate. I mean, we are we're frequently very fortunate on the Careers Podcast to have guests talk about their, their jobs, their careers with such powerful reflection you know, and honesty and a, and a deep-seated conviction. And, and that is what we're going to get today from uh, Sergeant Rod Williams. I know that was your overriding impression too. Yes, yeah, certainly. Listening to Rod, I was uh, yeah, captivated by his stories about what the job involves, some of his experiences and the motivations behind doing what he does. So being a frontline police officer is what it's all about uh, this month and reaching the rank of sergeant. Let's hear from Rod. Inside View. I'm um, Rodney Williams. I'm sergeant for North Ants Police. I've been in for 27 years. So I'm what class as an old boy. <laughs> now, I mean, that. Let's, so let's wind the clock back a bit. That, that th- thought then, I want to be a police officer. This is what, what I want to do. Where did that spring from? Well, it was twofold, really. I didn't like working in an office, having a mundane nine to five. I worked in London for a little while, worked in the city. I was in that yuppie era, and I didn't like that fast pace. And um, my mum was one of the first um, black women to have their own business in town, so I was approached by one of the local councillors and said, you'll be all right as a, a copper. And uh, so one thing went, led to another. I went out on patrol and enjoyed it and then thought, where do I sign? And that's exactly what I did. I signed on that dotted line. I haven't looked back since. I mean, did you feel confident before you, as you, to use your phrase, signed, that you had got um, the kind of character, the, the, some of the, the, the qualities, I guess, that were needed? Or did that have to be brought on, do you think? Well, you, you develop your craft, and as you grow older, you get wiser. Um, so, in answer to your question, yes, things did um, develop, and I did develop myself. And I think if you've got that inner belief in yourself, you can progress in any walk of life, whether it's the police service or otherwise. What were those things that you, you felt were brought to the fore, either by yourself or in collaboration with, with others? Well, when you have that, that inner belief, which I've got masses of, um, and also think I'm reliable. And I'm also motivated, highly motivated, and I'm also willing to learn. So if you, if you look at it from my perspective, if I've got that, those qualities, if anybody's got those qualities, I'd say join the police because you can use those to your best advantage as well as p- progress within the force and also um, help the community because that's what the community wants from somebody. Somebody's remote, um, reliable, somebody's motivated to do some good and willing to bring about change. And I'd like to think in the last 27 years that I've, I've done somewhere or gone somewhere along the lines of actually achieving those three three goals when I first joined. 
I mean, what about the variety element as well, Rob? Because, uh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing, right, cliche to say no two days are the same, but, I mean, just in preparation for this, you've been kind of pulled in all sorts of directions, lots of things going off, and I'm guessing that's fairly typical. A typical day for me is not typical. Every day is different, and that's what was the initial draw to the police. There's no days that I don't regret coming into this job because I think it's fantastic. The support, the training, I guess, development as well, what's, what's there? D does it tend to be laid out in front of you or, or do you think it's uh, you know, a case of taking the initiative? So if somebody comes in, let's say they're recruited in May and, and going forward, um, what kind of is, is spread out in front of them that they can go for? Well, as soon as they join, um, there, it's a bit of a whirlwind, really. And I'm just going back to when I joined, and um, your whole world changes. You really, you know, you, when you're before you join the police, you got to make sure that you you understand what you're letting yourself in for. There seems to be a lack of understanding that we're a 24/7 organisation. Some people think they see watch the, the um, TV, they watch all these cops and robbers programmes, and they see the officers get their person at the end of the day, but it's what goes on after that, after the programme's finished. We're going to do the paperwork. We'll be working in sociable hours. Um, sometimes, you know, I've been known to work 12, 14 hour days, if not longer. Um, an example of that was a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to Manchester to take a vulnerable youth back to Manchester after he was found in Northampton. And I started at six and finished six in the evening and finished at um, eight o'clock the following morning obviously had to take him back, had to do all the paperwork associated with that. But then that's, that's me safeguarding a young, young lad. But over and above that, we have other roles that we do, and that is making the arrests of the baddies, as they say. And um, that's always interesting. But you have to understand that the police is not your typical nine-to-five job. And as a youngster joining this role, or as anybody joining the role really you have to understand that's a sacrifice you have to make that's one thing which i'm going to go back to when i said my, my qualities that i said reliable motivated and willing i was willing to make that sacrifice and i was willing to to work those insatiable hours to get the result for the victims of crime as well as to actually put somebody in take somebody out of harm's way to make sure they've been safeguarded so i'm prepared to go that extra mile you're obviously, as you've, as you've said, a sergeant. What, what does the police look for to bring somebody forward into that particular rank, that position? Well, well this is when I start, you know, shouting from the rooftops. Um, am I going to get big-headed now? That's the question. Um, all the above, really. I think they, they want somebody who's strong, who is willing to take on um, additional roles... People look at rank structure in the police as, oh, they're, they're, they're a sergeant, they're an inspector, they're a superintendent or a chief inspector. But you've also got to remember, at the end of the day, they're still police officers. So it goes back to what you have when you first join the role, and that is those virtues, that self-belief, that reliability and that strength. So when people say you're a sergeant, yes, it's a rank, and yes, I had to take an exam to actually get to this role in a series of excruciating, I'll say excruciating, <laughs> interviews, um, because I still remember it like it was yesterday. And um, then you get promoted, you know, and then hopefully you start to grow and you develop your, your, your craft. 
and understanding the organisation and understanding the community that you police. And once people see that, you take another exam as well for your inspectors. Again, that's going to be grueling because that's what I intend to take. And then um, hopefully you get promoted. And it's not just, you know, people used to say, oh, you get promoted because it's part of the old boys network. Forget about that. It's all about you showing that you are capable, irrespective of nationality, creed, colour, you name it. If you've got the qualities, desire and ability, you'll be promoted and you'll also grow in this organisation like a plant. It's interesting you, you, you mentioned the, the kind of uh, diversity of work because um, I, I know a colleague of yours has said to me, uh, described it as a, you know, a county force that frequently deals with metropolitan issues. So what, what typically, again, for somebody walking into this, this kind of work, what do those challenges look like? Crime has changed over the years and we have metropolitan problems. Um, we have people from... Because Northampton is so centrally located... We have people from Manchester, Birmingham, London, Kent, Essex, basically all over the England, converge on little old Northampton. And the long and short of it is our crime types have changed. We have to change the way we operate because those inner city, um, I say techniques, which people use to evade the police are brought up, up here to our little shoemaking town police force because that's why I've always looked at Northampton being a shoemaking town, because those of you who don't know your history, that's what we're famous for. But the reality is we, we have to change our way we do things as well. Crime's changed over the years as well. The 26 years that I've been in, I remember going down the road and dealing with normal criminality. Now we've got cybercrime. Now we've got the county lines which are converging on Northampton, and we're, it's a constant fight for us because we know it's going on. You talk about um, inner city and metropolitan crimes. This this county lines phenomena, which is taking place nationally, I think the government are dialed into. We as a force are now dialed into. The government are giving extra funding to the fight and war against um, county lines. And I'd like to think that being the sergeant or skipper, as I like to call me, on the the neighbourhood teams or the neighbourhood team here in Northampton where the, the coalface are trying to fight that. It's like a virus going across the country and the exploitation of youngsters. And if we can keep, go any way to save just one, one kid, um, we're halfway there. But that's what my, we're striving to do. And, and in your career so far, Rod, what, what would you say is the single biggest lesson that you've learned? Understanding, because every situation you go into is different and you've got to understand why a person's doing what they're doing. So I never pass judgment on anybody that I've ever met. And that sounds strange coming from a police officer because it's not, to be fair, it shouldn't do because we're not judging jury. But understanding why they're in that position in the first place because there's a thin line between, between being rich and poor. Thin line, you've got to understand why they've decided to take drugs what made them take drugs, especially the females as well, because you don't know what's happened to them to make them try and block out past instances which have taken place in their life. 
understand why the male in the town centre on the Saturday night has just got absolutely smashed out of his face from, from drinking drugs. Why he's done that? Because as something upset the, the stability in his life. And why you try to understand why the person down the road has assaulted somebody. You should think, well, why has he done that? My job is not to, as I said, to be judge and jury. My job is trying to understand why, how people tick and how we can try and resolve whatever issues have made them react the way they have. I'll go back to the female because sometimes it's, we've had females lash out and then when you dig down into it, it's in response to some heinous crime which they've been subjected to previously and they've never actually had the counselling which they, they need. So sometimes we're the conduit between putting that person forward for help and support, which they've never had before in the past. And sometimes I think people lose sight of the fact we're not just there to arrest people, we're also there as a, a central organisation to, to guide people, put them on the right path. There'll be people that are listening to this who will know that I've helped them through through the years and I've put them on that path, the drug users, the sex workers, and they've come out the other side. And again, it goes back to me being, as I said, 27 years. That's been my highlight, really, because one person, if I could do it for one, and I'm just one person, if that's replicated across the country, and if one office could do that, look at the numbers of people who've been you know, turned around for want of a better word. Um, you were saying rightly, Rod, earlier on, that obviously a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, get uh, some or much of their impression of the police by watching these fly on the walls, um, and certainly police drums as well, which of course have their, their dramatic licence to them. But, you know, in, in there, there is some reality of that professional challenge, and one of them is, is you know, in interviews, when it's all, you're, you're, you're hit with this wall of silence, effectively. All somebody will say is, is no comment. Now, of course, we know that every job has its challenges, but that is one of them for a police officer for somebody investigating how, how do you engage that kind of tolerance and patience I suppose and resilience to to, to get around that because sometimes that must be, try your patience a bit <laughs> or a lot yeah, it, it, well every day your patience is tested those of you who are parents which I am um, your patience tested with your kids you know <laughs> so it's no different really you know you, you say to them to do something and they, there's a wall of silence so You've got to just understand that it's, it is a situation. That person knows, sometimes knows they've done wrong and just, just don't really want to accept the fact they've done something wrong. Um, it is a specialism, you know, in terms of interviewing and getting people to talk on interview. Um, they get told to go no comment on interview by, by um, their briefs, which there's mixed views on that. I can understand it to a certain extent and it's their, their right to go no comment. But then equally it's our, our right to actually ask that person about those, those offences whilst they're, they're sat there because the victim's not going to sit there and ask him that in a closed environment. So I put myself in the position of the victim. I'll be asking those questions. I'll be asking them the questions that as a victim I'd want answering. Why did you hit me? Why did you break into my car? Why did you break into my home? What's, your, what's the drivers? What did you do it for? So, if that person chooses not to, to answer those questions, then 
I then think to myself, well, I'll leave it down to the courts to decide, which it invariably normally is anyway. But I equally think, really, you should be saying to me the reasons why. Because, like I said earlier, there could be a main driver for, for you doing what you did. And maybe I could put things in place to help you, opposed to, you know, you know, arresting you. Well, you've been arrested, but putting you in front of the judges to make a make a decision. And for you, the reality of you know the, the end of a shift. You've come to the long uh, end of a, a long day, or, or you know, possibly a night shift. How are you then? Uh, it sounds a bit a bit crude to say unwinding, but kind of processing that day or that night, so that then you know the rest of your life can go on, and you're not overtaken by this high pressure role. I guess you found a system, Rod. Maybe. Yeah, not trying to advertise, but um, Netflix is great. <laughs> um, I tend to... I've been watching Top Boy at the moment, which, if those of anybody who's been watching that series, is um, indicative of what um, some of the things that we deal with. Really highly rate it. Um, but, yeah, I'll just sit there. Sometimes I'll sit there with a glass of wine um, after a long testing shift. I'm one of these people, though. It, it's really... My wife says I'm strange, but I'll come in, I'll make myself some grub if she hasn't left me some grub, um, have a glass of wine, and I'll sit there for about an hour, an hour and a half after a shift. So if you imagine, I've, so I finished at midnight, I'll be going to bed around about 1.30, 2 o'clock. And I analyse the day to see whether I've missed out anything, whether there's calls that I should have made and didn't make and the reasons why I didn't make, make them and then I, I make a, a mental note or a physical note of what I'm going to do the next day and then if I've had a real traumatic day and I say traumatic day because I might have to deal with officer issues because we're all human and I think sometimes people lose sight of that we've got human issues like people going through breakups and etc etc but I then look at things and think, well, uh, how can I impact on that person? What have I missed out on helping that person? If it's a missing person, did we do the return home interview correctly? Did they disclose something? Could be some abuse taking place, we don't know. Did we have the mental health intervention if it's somebody with mental health? Have they right, had the right interventions? So I sit there and I unwind and I think, well, okay, yeah, 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 make a note of it. Because otherwise, I find that people go through this what we call stacking up process. And I've seen over the years some cracking officers break. And I've always sworn that I wouldn't be one of those people. And so coping with seeing some horrific things, and I could reel off a list of things that I've seen in my policing career, which people who go about... I always, I always say to people, just slightly backtrack, I always say to people, I'm damaged goods because I see the other side of life. You see the horrific pictures, you go to horrific scenes, but then you equally have to go home to your family at night and be completely normal because you don't want to impart any of those those issues on them. So you've, you've got this protection taking place for, for your family because you think, well, who can I talk to about this? But you tend to find that because you've got this 
team morale. We all diffuse amongst each other to all discuss things. And to some people it's enough, others it's not. And for those people it's not enough for, that's what I'm there for, so they can come and speak to me in confidence and we can look at how I can get the right interventions for them as well. Because we are human, and I think I always look at the uniform as not as, un as a uniform, but they're overalls to me, because as soon as I get them dirty or rip my pants because I put a few pounds on, um, I'll get another pair. I sometimes think I'm, I'm, I'm a bit streetwise. Not more streetwise than Joe Bloggs in this, out there, but I am. I'm streetwise, and I always have been. And I think it's the art of policing is, is how you talk to people and how you understand the community that you're, you're serving and understanding that those kids you're dealing with are going to be adults one day. And I can tell you that from experience now. I remember when I was a beat officer over on the Eastern District, which I've got a lot of fond memories for, I used to take my helmet off, put that down next to my stab vest with all my kit on. I know the bosses would be horrified to hear me say that, but my batten down, my parva down, I play football and keep you uppies with the kids in the street. And I love that. And um, for me, it brings back fond memories, especially Bellinge and Blackthorn. A lot of those now lads that I was playing keep you up with have now got kids. And I, they'll go, that's that copper I remember playing football with. And it's, <laughs> but they remember me after all this time. There are a lot of them in their 30s and they've got, and I feel like an old man. I feel like a granddad being out there. But hey, it's 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 nice knowing that their interaction with the police was positive. And playing football with them as well was fun. It was absolutely fantastic. Anyway, I go about did, football all day. <laughs> did they let you win? <laughs> I lost. I could, I could only keep the ball up to twice. <laughs> oh, no respect for the uniforms. Outrageous. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, Rob, for your time telling us your story and about the career opportunities here at North Hans Police. No it's great. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thing. Now, just to say, these figures are from North Ants Police. If you're applying to other forces, best to check directly with them. Starting pay for degree entry is £24,780, rising to £41,130. The PCDA route, which is the apprenticeship route, has a starting salary of £19,164. Skill set. Now, Nick, you know, reflecting on that, um, purpose, I think purpose is the, is the real biggie here, doing something that is a vocation, that feels like you are um, somehow contributing to change, you know, changing, improving neighbourhoods, uh, you know, in often individuals as well, and lives around you. Yeah, yeah, that was the word that was writ large for me when I was listening to Rod speak, purpose. And so much has been uh, looked at, studied, People have been interviewed about what really matters to them in their work. And increasingly so, uh, right across the board of people of all ages, having a sense of purpose in, in their work is, is a really, really strong motivator. It's something that people really want to find in what they do with, with a, a large portion of their waking hours, you know, their, their work time. And, and from, from Rod's description of his role in the police you could clearly 
hear that in every sentence. What I'm doing matters. It's making a difference. I'm motivated to do this because it's it's contributing in a positive way to society. It's changing individual lives. I, I love the stories that he was sharing or at least alluding to of people in his community who would say, yeah, Rod did this for me. I'm, I'm, my life is different because of how he helped in some way. It's, it is remarkable. Uh, I have seen uh, some of the uh, the videos that the professional team within Northampton Police uh, um, produced themselves. Uh, one of them, a few of them have got uh, Rod on them and he talks about his work. And obviously with being Facebook, the public uh, can make comments down the side. And uh, a number of the comments have, have, have come from members of the public saying, um, oh, you know, I encountered uh, Sergeant Williams when I was, if you like, on the wrong side of the, the track. He helped turn me things around. He was the first person. He was the only person who treated me like a human, like an individual. So it, it, you don't get a better endorsement than that, do you? Not at all. Not at all. And clearly the, uh, the, the, the satisfaction that comes from having that sort of feedback from from the the work that that Rod does and you know for for so many others in in the police force and in in many of the other careers that we've highlighted in previous episodes and it's it's certainly something that we advocate uh, those that are listening get a sense of of what matters to you in the world I examine your own uh, motives, desires, things that are important to you and can you find a career that fits and for some listening police might be exactly that yeah, and we've we've spoken, I know, before about managers, leadership in uh, any uh, sector um, playing their part in motivating the individual, giving recognition and thanks too, um, if you're lucky. But if if you've got those sort of regular shots of of motivation from the fulfilment, from the purpose, then you kind of over the line, as it were. Yes, yeah, certainly. You'll, you'll know this, John, and, and anybody listening, that the things that you really want to do, you'll do. And you'll do with energy and enthusiasm. And the things you don't really want to do feel like hard work and a bit of a grind and it's easy to put them off. And it's great listening to Rod, who is, uh, at one point, he says he's in, as enthusiastic now after 27 yeah. years as the day that he started. And that's a good good indication that you're in the right sort of career. And, and 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 certainly as well, when you when you hear about some of the sacrifices involved, the the hard work, the long hours, when when that's really um, in 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 pursuit of something that really matters, you, know, you can live with that. Again, that you have to be careful and and balance your life and your energy and, and other responsibilities. But you know, the the hard work required and, and the sacrifice is all worth it when it it connects to the the sense of purpose to the things that motivate and it's it's not always easy is it to 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 listen to or i suppose more trust that inner voice because sometimes we might reach a point in a career path where we look around see others that seem to be progressing uh, more quickly than us earning more than nurse status and all the rest of it nick but actually, you know, if you've got that constant voice that's that's saying, you know, yes, I feel as as enthusiastic now as when I joined 27 years ago, to place your trust, you know, your confidence in that voice to listen to yourself, is is important. 
Yes, certainly. And I really liked uh, what Rod said right at the beginning. And it's that he didn't go looking uh, for the police force. That wasn't what he mm. chose. He was uh, involved in working in the city of London, uh, I believe, and, and just didn't like it very much, that particular. And, and some, some will really like that, and that will really light their fire. For Rod, it didn't. And somebody suggested that he try the police and go out on a patrol, and he enjoyed it. And I think there's so much to learn from that. He tried it, and he enjoyed it. And, and as you are exploring, what, what is it going to be for me? What kinds of things? And, if, and, and equally, if you're in something now that isn't really kind of connecting in that way, try other things. It might be that you can try other aspects within the same uh, organisation that you're currently employed with or, or as a volunteer outside of your current work. But if you if you are a young person as well and you haven't yet uh, begun your full-time working career, then, then try as much as you can and write down the things that you enjoyed. Make note of those things because they can be really helpful instructors in finding the thing that you'll be enthusiastic about after 27 years and more. Uh, recruitment happens in, in May. We know that it happens nationally. And, and obviously, Northants Police, as, uh, as Sergeant Williams was, was telling me, uh, open their doors during the month of May uh, this year. Do you just want to run through? Because there's obviously more than one way in which you can uh, get into the, the, the force, isn't there? Yes, certainly. And again, it's one of the things we, we really like is, is it's, it's, it's not just one path to get into the police. It's, it's such a broad organisation and, and, and Rod outlines some of the different roles that you can play and, and there are hundreds more for sure. And I'm sure, John, you know people in the police, mm. as I do, doing really different kinds of roles from from uh, walking the beat on, on a day-to-day -day basis to, to being involved in all sorts of investigative functions in, in different kinds of areas. So, yeah, they've got a, a degree apprenticeship and, and we're big fans of, of of apprenticeships generally, and particularly at degree apprenticeships, where you enter and you earn as you go, uh, which is which is fantastic. Um, there's a non-degree entry, join as a constable, and, and then follow a professional development program as you go um, along. There's there's uh, you can join if you have a degree in any subject, and then go into the police force. So there's various things there. John, what else have you got? There is, of course, also uh, the degree holder entry route whereby you can uh, join the force and then become uh, an officer. Uh, and that's a degree in any subject. So there's no kind of narrow casting there. Uh, you can do a, a policing degree at university, something that is that sort of specialism, and uh, and then join the force. Uh, and, and also there's, the, there's this detective uh, entry route as well, isn't there, Nick? Yes, certainly. And that's a, a two-year tailored programme that equips you to be a detective at the end. You earn a salary from day, from day one whilst you're training. Now, the website for uh, more, in fact, essentially everything you need to know top to bottom is www.northants.police.uk forward slash police officer. That's all one word, police officer. So all the W's dot Northants dot police dot UK forward slash police officer. Now, Zakia, who was one of the uh, the team at Northants Police that, that helped set up the interview with, with Rod, I'm very grateful to her, obviously, and to Rod, but um, she was saying that it's worth bearing in mind that, of course, as you say, Nick, there are lots of options uh, joining the police, you know, staff members, specials, PCSOs, forensic uh, IT, um, all that sort of thing. Um, and, of course, they uh, particularly are going to be welcoming and supporting applications from women uh, and black Asian and other ethnic minority communities as well. Yep, certainly. 
not everybody listening to this will live in Northamptonshire or mm. has a great desire to move to Northamptonshire. You may do, and it's a great place. John will say <laughs> that's where he's <laughs> from. Um, but every every area has a police yeah. force, and so just get online and check out the the details. It'll be a, a, a similar link within your local area for your local police force. Yes, because just to be clear, May is the big. Uh, say national uplift i think is the correct term in which uh, something like 20,000 uh, officers are going to be uh, uh, found and selected around the country yeah and again going back to one of the things rod said where he, he mentioned that every single day is different you, you you're not sitting in the same place doing the same work day to day again that appeals to some people and fantastic for rod it didn't for me it wouldn't and and there's there's a kind of good good thing to think about if if that's you as well and you like variety and you never quite know what's coming your way, uh, then the police force is one a career that you could consider. Now before we go, let's just uh, I'll get you to underscore the uh, the making of a champion uh, resources, Nick, because it's just it's something that's always going to come in handy. Yep, certainly. It's uh, it's our making of a champion program. It's a ten module course developing the sorts of skills that can help you to become successful in whatever career you choose. Things like positive attitudes, the value of hard work, courage, resilience, communication, organisation skills, all of those sorts of things. Uh, And you'll find out uh, all that you need to know there at lmi-uk.com forward slash young leaders. Nick, uh, thank you very much to you, to uh, Zakia, Anna, and of course to uh, Sergeant uh, Rod Williams. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please uh, subscribe, rate on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. That really helps others to find the Careers Podcast. The Careers Podcast, with the information you need to take the next step.